I love Christmas, especially Christmas songs. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Is there an album your family loves to just listen to? You know, I know our family loves to listen to Christmas even in November. As Christmas starts rolling around, songs like It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas or come on, you can sing it with me. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Why? Because Santa Claus is coming to town. And, and we sing these songs. It puts us in this place of excitement and joy. For me, as a kid growing up, there was a song personal for me that really got me excited. It was O Little Town of Bethlehem. It was a song written I came to discover by a man named Philip Brooks. He lived in the 1800s and he was a children's youth pastor. And one day him and his friends decided to go to Israel on a Christmas, on Christmas Eve, and to experience what it must have been like in Bethlehem. So they, they took some horses and from Jerusalem and they rode down south about five miles from Jerusalem to that old town of Bethlehem. And it was there on a Christmas Eve that they spent there at the Nativity Church worshiping God from 10 p.m. to, to 3 a.m. Talk about an experience. And as he came back, he penned those words that, that brought wonder and a imagination to my heart, where he said, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep, while the little stars dream at night. Yet in thy dark streets shineth this everlasting light, where the hopes and fears of all the years would be met right there that night. It was sitting as a, as a child listening to that or thinking like really all, all of my hopes and, and all of my fears would be met right there in a town called Bethlehem. For not just mine, but for, for the world as, as Philip Brooks wrote this. And I, I began to wonder like, what's so unique about Bethlehem? Bethlehem, it, it is different from all the other lands because according to Micah, who was a spokesman for God, a prophet who lived 700 years before Jesus even came to this earth, he wrote this about Bethlehem. He said, you Bethlehem of Ephrathah, you are too little to be among the clans of, of Judah. But from you, one will come. Come forth to be ruler of all of Israel. And his times of coming forth are from long ago, from, from the days of all eternity. In fact, on that same time period, a contemporary of his named, Micah, named Isaiah, who was familiar with Micah, he wrote something else that came from the Lord. He, he said this, Behold, in that city a virgin would give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. When we understand what Emmanuel means, there in Bethlehem, it means God is with us. So the one from all of eternity the one who Isaiah would even say is the eternal God, the great I am, the, the mighty God. This was going to be the one who was going to bring the peace for all of the world there in this little town of Bethlehem. How still that night must have been. Yet for all the fears and, and the hopes for all the years, that night we would see something for hope for all eternity. So this evening, as we gather together and we celebrate this holiday known as Christmas, it's our prayer for all of us today that we would come and discover this wonderful hope 
that was found there on that night in Bethlehem. Would you pray with me, Father? We just want to say thank you for this evening as we gather together and we hear your story on this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a doctor named Luke, and he recorded something for us so that we could understand the story of Jesus. He loved to interview people, and I think in his day, he had the opportunity to interview Jesus' mom, Mary. And as he did, he unpacked for us a story that we find here in our Bibles, known in the book of Luke, chapter 2. And as we go there, I want to unpack for you what the scene must have been like. For those days in Judea, in Israel, they would go, people who of the Jewish faith would go every year up to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate a feast known as the Feast of Tabernacle. In, in the Hebrew, that, that, that word tabernacle means to, to dwell, to be dwelt among us. It's, it's a unique that on this holiday here, God, Emmanuel, would dwell with us. And at this moment, this pregnant teenage woman, Mary, is leaving Nazareth with her husband-to-be, Joseph, for this festival to celebrate what God had done for the people of Israel as they brought him out of Egypt. But at the same time, Rome wanted to take a census of all those who lived in Israel. So it was perfect to get everybody together in Jerusalem, in the area of Bethlehem, and to discover how many people lived there. And this is where Luke unpacks this story for us. It says there in verse 4 that Joseph went up to Galilee from the city of Nazareth to Judea in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Of course, there's a, everybody's there. It's, it's, it's a big holiday. It's a big festival season. And yet there was no room for these guys. So they went off into like what would be a, a cave where with animals and, and hay. And they laid their child wrapped in cloth, surrounded by love. But the love that they would get to understand later was the love that God had for all humanity found in this person, their child that was born that day. And his name would be Jesus. Now, everybody in the world, when, when I say everybody, Everybody from past, present, and future, we're going to get to see this wonderful big reveal, but the angels in heaven couldn't wait to deliver this good news. And so God sent them on a message to deliver a message of hope this Christmas night. And we see in verse 8, it says, In that same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. I mean, I would. Wouldn't you if an angel appeared to you? And these angels stood so brilliant, so bright, to deliver a message. And the angel said to them, Hey, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of joy, which will be for all the people. Would you say it with me? Three, two, one. All the people. Come on, one more time. All the people. This news is for everyone. This is a great message. The good news of joy, which will be for all the people for today in the city of David, there is going to be born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased. This very one whom Isaiah spoke of before, the eternal God, the mighty one, the prince of peace, is going to come and be here. And he's here now. And the angels are so excited. They go not to Hollywood to film a movie. They, they don't even go to, to the, the news agencies of the day. They, they don't even go to the kings and the, and the queens. Where do they go to deliver the great news of hope for all the people? They go to the shepherds. Now, why, why the shepherds? I mean, here, here it's not even in the, the, the best town of the day in Jerusalem, but it's in an, an offshoot place in Bethlehem. And, and we don't deliver the good news to, to kings. It's delivered to shepherds. Shepherds were considered the, the low uh, barometer of the, the pay scale back in those days. These commonly might have been thieves or outcasts in society that picked up a job just to take care of sheep. Because it was there in Bethlehem, the one thing that happened in Bethlehem is they would raise sheep to be offered for sacrifice for the Jewish people every, every day in the city of Jerusalem there in that city. So, so why, why these, these shepherds? I, I, I think spiritually we can kind of see the opportunity that God has presented for us right now. These shepherds spiritually are kind of like us everywhere, that we are kind of an outcast. We, we have kind of not met the standard of excellence because every single one of us in life are are not perfect. We like to think we're perfect. We like to, to put on our best foot forward and, and do the best that we, we can. But many of us have fallen short of perfection. In fact, Paul, uh, a follower of Jesus, he would say it this way, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. That missing the mark of perfection is a simple word known as sin. Sin is uh, something that all of us have succumbed to. Because when we look at our lives compared to God, God is perfect and He's holy. And He wants us to have a relationship with Him. But in order to have a relationship with Him, that means we've got to become perfect and holy. And, and I guess there's an illustration for you to help you understand what that might look like spiritually speaking. Let's take these two cups right here. This cup represents our life before sin. But this cup represents what happens after we do sin. For the wages of sin equals death. And this is what it looks like spiritually within our lives. It's as if our lives are now tainted, scarred. We, we are red like crimson. I love how uh, Isaiah even says it this way in, in the text. He says, come now, let us settle this. Though your sins look like scarlet, he says, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. So what did God do? Well, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, and he was there in Bethlehem. What is in Bethlehem? Lambs that were raised for offerings for our sins. And God, who knew no sin, became sin for us. And he came to eradicate, to cleanse us of our sins. And he took the cup of death for us. And this is what it looks like spiritually. He is the perfect Lamb of God and He comes to take away all of our sins. This is awesome. 
This is amazing. But this is what the perfect Lamb of God would do there in Bethlehem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee light. Above thy dreams and still to sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in that dark streeting shineth this everlasting light. The hope and fears of all the years were there found right there in this Lamb of God that night who had come to take away your sins, my sins. That's why the angels declared he's the Savior of the world. Oh, man, this is exciting. Imagine right now, our hopes and fears are right now in 2020. We are experiencing that as we speak. We want to have hope, and yet we are filled with fear, anxiety, stress of the unknown of what is to come. But the hope that the angels spoke about was just not in some circumstance. The hope was actually found in that person, the person of Jesus. That Jesus would come to take the sins away. And, and so I, I love what the shepherds do. And maybe we should do exactly what the shepherds do. As you think right now at your home, right as you're listening, think about how the shepherds responded. It says there in verse 15, they said, let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that the, has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they, they came in a hurry. In fact, that word hurry means spedito, which means uh, rapido, speed. Uh, we even get the word uh, that swimmers wear, speedos. Okay, think about it. Here's the first guys. They're, they're coming with a, a quick step, and they want to see what God has done. The Savior of the world to come and take and, and help me in, in this time of great need. So they came to see Mary and Joseph, and there was this baby lying in a manger, just as the angels had said it would. And then it says, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered of these things that were told them by the shepherds. And the shepherds went back glorifying it and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it was told to them. What I love about these shepherds and what I love that we probably we could take personally for us today is that one, they made known about what they saw and experienced with Jesus. You see, when they met Jesus, their life forever changed and they began to marvel. They began to wonder and magnify him. This is what happens when we meet Jesus. He comes and takes away our sins. He provides hope for the hopeless. He provides help for those in need. He provides comfort, security, peace. He is the very thing that uh, that singer, songwriter who wrote Mary Did You Know was all about. Did you know that this would one day be the, the baby boy who would one day rule the nations? He would rule your heart. He would be the, the person who would walk on water, change lives, re renew uh, and heal the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and the dead to live again. This king of kings who was born in this lowly humble state in Bethlehem would one day be the ruler of the world. Jesus came so that we could have hope. We could have life personally with God Almighty to experience a relationship with a God who wanted to be very personal with you and me. Jesus loves us and at Christmas time we, when we love somebody, one of our ways of affection is demonstrating that through giving of a gift. And we love to give people a gift. So God 
in his perfect and wonderful way, he gave us a gift at Christmas. For God loved you so much that he gave his son, God the son, Jesus. And he says, if you believe in him, you will have everlasting life. This is exactly what the shepherds did. They believed in Jesus and now they had a purpose and they had a hope and they began to share that with one another. You know, at Christmas, it's not just about the gifts that we give or the gifts that are under a tree, the, the cool uh, gift cards that you might receive or the stuff in the stockings, but really it was the present that wasn't under a tree, but it's the present that w- went on a tree. You see, Jesus went on a tree and he became a gift for us. The Bible says, cursed are those who hang on a tree. So Jesus became that curse for us. He, he became a sacrifice for us, a sacrifice that was once long ago spoken of by that man, Isaiah, we've spoken of earlier. He said it this way. He said, Jesus would be despised and rejected. He would become a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. And when we turned our backs on him and looked the other way, he was despised because we didn't care. Yet, it was our own weaknesses he carried on that cross. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a, a punishment of our own sins, of his own sins. But, but the reality was, it says in verse 5, that he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed as all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord, the Lord himself, laid all the sins of us on him. For it would be by his wounds we would be healed. See, Jesus became that lamb of God to take away our sins. The poeticness, the the beauty in the whole story of Jesus is that he would come to a town called Bethlehem where they would raise lambs. And here he would be as if a lamb, the lamb of God to come and to take away our sins. Why? Because he loves us. Why would he reveal it to shepherds? Because he's not just a God for the best of the best. He's a God for all. You see, God loves you so much that he wants all of us to come together. And this Christmas, we can come to celebrate that wonderful hope by really believing and receiving a gift of salvation by looking to Jesus as the way, the truth, and, and the life. I, it's my prayer today that you, right there in your home, in your living room, maybe as you're listening, as you would make a decision today to receive that gift, to, to, in all reality, look like this cup that is once red like crimson has now been made white as snow. There's no need to dream of a white Christmas anymore. How about we just begin to believe in the one who, who established Christmas? If you'd like to receive that gift today by believing in Jesus, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Father, thank you for the opportunity for all of us to gather like this online, at home, in person, and, uh, and Lord, as we, 
As we come before you, Lord, I ask right now that you would move on the hearts of everyone that is listening and watching. That, Lord, this year we, we could experience personally that relationship that you came for all humanity. That you triumphantly came, not just as a child, but you grew up to be a man. The God-man who would come to take away the sins of the world by dying on a cross for us. Thank you, Jesus, so much for that. But Lord, that's not the end of your story. You, you died, but three days later you rose from the grave. And because you live, Lord, we have gathered today to celebrate this wonderful hope that we, we have this Christmas with you. That you provide a, a, a gift of eternity and a relationship with God Almighty to have now and forever. So Father, as those who are listening, those who are watching, we don't, Lord, I ask that you would just speak to them, encourage them, and remind them of your love. But now with you at home, if, as you're listening, if you want to make that decision to ask Christ in your life, to receive the gift of salvation, to know that today that you can become a child of God, would you just pray this and say, Dear Father, Father, I believe in you. I believe you sent your Son, God the Son, Jesus, to take my sins away. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. But most importantly, thank you for proving to me that you're God by rising from the dead. It's because you live, Lord. I, I want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. In your precious name, amen.